Thank you for joining the ESBC Podcast Network. And we have a special guest with us today, someone that I've seen online, and she's so impressive with her entrepreneurial skills, her organizational skills, and just somebody who's just on point that you're the measure of the five people around you. And man, she puts everybody's score up. This is the beautiful and talented. And how do you pronounce your first name? Hala. Hala. I, wanted, I didn't want to butcher that. Tala Hala, right? Hala Taha. 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 Yeah, it's Hala Taha. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for being uh, here with us today. No problem. Thanks uh, for having me, Josh. Yeah, no, you've had, uh, like, from the Double Wars product type of uh, situation, you've had a career a million girls would kill for, right? From uh, the radio station, and everybody and their uncle wants a uh, podcast, but you have an incredibly successful, deep, rich podcast that everyone, uh, every podcast that I've listened to, you've had a lot of great insight, right, that I can use into my life and that I can profit, you know, profit from. Uh, so congratulations on your career and congratulations on your, on your podcast. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, you have a wonderful come up story. Uh, in your words, how exactly with it? What do you mean by that? Yeah, so I think a lot of people look at me now. I've been doing Young and Profiting podcasts for two years. We're a number one how-to podcast on Apple. We also have wow. a huge following on uh, CastBox. And wow. a lot of people um, think that I'm an overnight success, but really I've been doing this thing and, and trying to break into the entertainment industry for almost 10 years. It started in college. I was an intern at Hot 97. I worked for Angie Martinez. She's known as the voice of New York. I worked wow. at the station for three years for free. I dropped out of school temporarily in order to take on that opportunity. I would make money um, going to parties with the DJs after work and, and booking for hip hop showcases and things like that. And I really just gave up everything uh, to follow my dreams of being in radio. And at the time, I actually wanted to be a singer. So doing songwriting and um, you know being in radio and had lots of online radio shows on the side while I worked there. A lot of the DJs, if you're from New York, if you know DJ Drewski, DJ Juanito, those are the folks that I used to have radio shows with online on the side of the station. We were like both kind of, uh, all of us getting our chops stronger together. Um, I left Hot 97. We can get into that story if you want to know more, but I ended up leaving Hot 97 and I started the sorority of hip hop. Um, at the height of it, we were 50 bloggers strong. We were one of the most popular hip-hop entertainment uh, sites in America. Um, that was within three months. We got very popular very fast. I figured out some Twitter hacks in order to get us um, visibility and um, almost got signed by MTV to have my own reality TV show. We did get signed by MTV. I shot two pilots with them. Um, and one of the pilots was huge where they invested over $100,000 in us at least and got us a studio on Broadway and filmed us all summer um, for this pilot that they wanted. Uh, we thought we were going to be the next Jersey Shore. So like almost got a TV show where I was the lead um, on MTV. Um, nice. When I Yeah. And when I had this sorority of hip hop and, and this website, we used to have online radio shows as well. 
Um, so one thing led to another. I shut down the website because we didn't get the show on MTV. And then I got my MBA. I got a 4.0. I went into corporate and I thought I would never get on a mic again. I was in corporate for four years. Just I just went traditional. Um, I got promoted several times. I really thought I would never get on a mic again. And I had the urge to get back to my broadcasting passions, kind of mix my business expertise that I like newly had with my passion for broadcasting. And then I launched Yaf and that was a success. So it took me about seven or eight shows before I had Young and Profiting Podcast and before that took off. So it was not an overnight success. It was a lot of hard work. It was a lot of skills in broadcasting that I had acquired and a lot of marketing skills that I acquired over time um, to enable uh, such a successful show in such a short amount of time. Right. And what some people don't get, two things that really impressed me about you and in my mind, you're such a superstar that I have to get to know, uh, I have to have on the podcast. And you know that we, I worked hard to get you on the podcast so because of that. And selfishly, <laughs> I learned a lot from your podcast, and I feel I'm going to learn a lot from this interview. So this is going to be on the motivation part of our uh, website and podcast. And two things, right? One, one theme is mental t- uh, mental mental toughness and you show an extreme amount of what what andrew Cuomo is calling new york tough right and you show a tremendous amount of determination right and what people get wrong right that you get right and you can 100 percent speak to this right you can make as much money in the corporate world than maybe going out and being an entrepreneur and having the confidence to, to go out there and, and start and do a business, right? But you have that knack and have that instinct that comes up in your interviews. So I encourage people to listen to every single podcast. There's 916,000 podcasts on Apple right? And you have the number one in uh, what self-help, which number one in anything on Apple is incredible when you have 900,000 people and counting 900,000 podcasts and you're number one. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, it, there's a lot of uh, reasons behind why I'm a number one how-to podcast. First of all, I focus on promotion. I feel like a lot of people, they have content really great content on their podcast, but they don't know how to market it. I've unlocked how to market my podcast. I know how to do that. I grew a huge following on LinkedIn in a very short amount of time. Um, I purposely picked that platform because not a lot of podcasters were using it. I didn't focus on Instagram. I purposely picked LinkedIn. And that's how I really got the word around. I have almost 60,000 followers on LinkedIn and and almost everything I post about is related to my podcast in some way. And that's um, really how I got the word out. And I, I was, you know, feet on the ground, one by one, getting my listeners, copying and pasting messages, um, really putting 50% of my effort into the promotion and 50% of my effort into the production. Um, and so I think that's really important when you're trying to scale a number one podcast. And like you said, it's a lot of hard work. 
Um, I put in the hours. I have a full-time job. I work at Disney streaming full-time still. And, um, you know, it's getting really difficult to try to manage it all because things for my podcast are really starting to blow up. Um, But I make the time. I prioritize the time. And I have a great team. And I'm really keen on having great processes and systems so that I can kind of create a template and then my team just replicates over and over and over again. And it really helps me scale. So I think uh, for all the podcasters out there, I would say focus on your marketing if, if you're not. Um, I go on a lot of shows and, you know, I don't see any promotion about it afterwards. And so right. obviously nobody's going to be listening because nobody <laughs> finds out about it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> nobody finds out about it. So it's just, I just wish people would think about their marketing a little bit more. And two things, right? Uh, my co-host who couldn't be here, but we're going to do a, one after this on the Republican National Convention. And not political. We're, we're just going to look at the themes and how we're being gaslighted and manipulated by both sides to go either way. But two things. What's the number one? The, my co-host, uh, Sarah Lynn Robinson, uh, from The Ringer, right? Another successful uh, podcast, Bill Simmons. Uh her question was, what is it that people get wrong about you? And what's the number one thing, right, from a macro point of view that people get wrong in society? So what's the number one thing that people get wrong about me? And then uh, the second question was what people get wrong with society? And society as a whole, because uh, you're an extremely intelligent, beautiful person, right? But you're insightful. And, and you see the world through a lens that it's in the top 1%. So if, if Rogan's getting 100 million and you're number one on Apple, the only thing I ask is when you're in Hollywood and LA and Beverly Hills and you're writing your belt, at least wave to Josh. <laughs> thank <laughs> you. You're, you're, you're definitely on the $100 million track. So oh, thank you. Wait, how many times do you get to talk to somebody who's, who's worth probably now 100 million? Right. And, and who knows where you can take that to a billion later on with investments. So guys like us usually don't have access to somebody of the magnitude. Oh, you're flattering me. I don't know <laughs> if I'm worth a hundred million dollars hey, yet, hey, hey. but I got, I got an MBA and I got securities licenses. So we'll be able <laughs> to be your agent. I'll just take that 1% instead of three. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think things are going great for me right now. I actually just started a podcast marketing agency in addition to everything else. And nice. I've been landing like really big, a much bigger podcasters than me to do their podcast marketing and, and like billionaires and, and million dollar CEOs. So <laughs> that's, that's really how I'm, how I'm generating money. And hopefully one day, I'm so I'll shocked be... you're, you're, you're knocking out of the park that way. <laughs> yeah. So one day, hopefully I get to as big as Joe Rogan. I'm a number one podcaster in a subcategory where Joe Rogan's a number one podcast in all of Apple. So I, I hope that's my ultimate dream. My ultimate dream is to be as big as Tim Ferriss, as big as Joe Rogan. I still have a road ahead of me, um, but and I'm excited for that journey. In terms of what people get wrong about me, um, I have a lot of fans that like 
think it's all about me like being pretty or something. Um, sometimes I used to wear like headphones on my interviews because I care about my sound quality. I care about what's going on for the audio recording. I care about the information that I'm giving out. And sometimes I don't care about how I look. And so like I have fans sometimes telling me like, why are you wearing big headphones? Like you're too pretty for that. Take off your headphones or, you know, why are you turning your like they, they just think it's more about the looks or something when when the premise of my show is to educate people it's never about me it's about how you can become financially better um, professionally better and improve in your life and helping people believe that life is limitless like that's what my show is about I interview some of the top brightest minds in the world uh, Mark Manson Robert Greene these are huge authors billionaires CEOs those are the people that I interview and so I do a ton of research and I try to get actionable insight for my listeners and I think that if you're following me on LinkedIn and you don't listen to the podcast, some people might think that I'm not about that, that it's not really about the education. And for me, it's about the education. I used to be in entertainment where it was about kind of selling sex, you know, like in right. hip hop and being a pretty girl. I was younger at the time and probably prettier and- um, I doubt that. Well, I don't know, but like I was younger and whatever and um, and I had like a bunch of uh, very attractive girls around me and like we were all very attractive girls running this this sorority and hosting parties and I had that already and I kind of did that already and this time I'm really trying to approach it from like a, a self-improvement mindset. Like it's right. not about me. It's not about what I look like. It's not about sex. It's it's about education and business and improving in your life and, and living the life of your dreams. And that's what I'm about. And I think some people get that wrong about me uh, just because of the way that I look. Um, but I'm really happy to kind of break those stereotypes and, and be um, a relatively attractive woman in this space and, uh, you know, move forward that way. So I think that's that's one of the things that people get wrong. And then in terms of what society gets wrong in general, I don't really think that I have like a, an exact answer for that. Um, I, I think that one thing that people do get wrong is they believe that they're too old to learn something new or that they're too old to go back to their dreams. So I gave you guys the example of how I went into corporate after I failed. I, I didn't get my dream job at Hot 97 after I worked there for three years. I started this amazing website that got really popular really fast and I almost got, you know, I was almost the next Jersey Shore on MTV but we didn't end up getting it and I didn't end up really monetizing my blog even though we were so popular I didn't figure it out and I had to shut it down right I got my MBA I went into corporate I thought I was never gonna get on a mic again I thought this was it I, I tried it I was an entrepreneur after college for whatever amount of years now I really I, I can't be living off my dad or whatever it was um, I can't be making $500 hosting a party here and there like that's not sustainable so I decided I was gonna really take a regular corporate job I ended up excelling there and uh, getting promoted like four times in four years and then I had the urge to get back on the mic and I was rusty and it was difficult and I've never podcast before. Podcasting is totally new. I had to figure that all out. I had to learn all over again, but I did it. And now I, I would be so like, if I never did that, I would just be a regular person working a regular corporate job. Right. 
but I did it and I took that chance and I want everybody to know that like if you have a dream from three years ago it's not too late like you always look back and you wonder like when I was in the sorority of hip-hop I was so young and I thought I was too old to be in the sorority of hip-hop and I was in my 20s like it makes no sense you know like to 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 think that you're too old for something like that's just in your mind and I think people get that wrong age right. is just a number right right and then uh uh, you know, and then I take this from, uh, I steal this from uh, Robert Dyer. And you had people like uh, Robert Green on, right? Uh, so twofold question, and then we'll close. Uh, it's always a big mistake, right? It's a great book by, by, by Dyer, Erodian Stones, right? Huge mistake ever seek validation from any other person ever for anything. <laughs> right mm -hmm. that that's one of the biggest mistakes you can make in life it even says in the bible curses the man who depends on another man and that's, yeah that's, that's such a huge huge mistake and where do you you had an incredible you have had an incredibly um rich and you're intellectually curious that's why you and i got MBAs. We could have figured out how to survive different ways, but we're intellectually curious. And that's what you are. Well, what from your podcast, talking to the Robert Greens of the world, has given you some more insight to kind of satisfy that intellectual, my wife's a psychotherapist, but I would say you, you got back to the mic because that intellectual curiosity, right? It, it, it be able to find some insight from best-selling authors. We've had some best-selling authors, but not at the magnitude you've had. So what, what's been a lesson you've learned um, from your podcast? Where do you draw such, is it from your parents, that, that, that toughness, that mental strength, right? To yeah. To be so resilient and keep coming back. Yeah, I mean, first of all, you're, you're totally right. The reason why I started my podcast is because a, I wanted to help people. That was like number one goal. I wanted to help people. I felt like I was given an opportunity in life um, where I had, you know, not as many struggles as other people growing up. And this is going to parlay into your question of like, kind of like, where do you get that resiliency from? Right. My father, my mom and dad are from Palestine, right? Nice. They grew up in war. Right. Um, my father um, was so poor. He was the a son of a farmer and he lived in one room with his whole family maybe like 10 people and he had no electricity and he would study uh while walking to school like a few miles in the sunlight and that's how he studied and he was very intelligent and he ended up getting a scholarship to medical school in Egypt, right? Wow. And so somebody took a chance on him, gave him that, that big break in life, that scholarship in Egypt to medical school. Like, what a blessing. He ended up going to the U.S. with, like, nothing but, like, a, a chicken and a couple of dollars. And he wow. went for his residency for surgery. And then he ended up owning a medical center and becoming chief, chief of surgery in New Jersey and, and did amazing things. And he did it from nothing. Like he had nothing. We would go to Palestine and his 
family, like he supported all his family in Palestine. He wasn't a flashy guy. I wasn't spoiled, even though my parents had a lot of money because my right. dad was putting my cousins through college and all this stuff. So it was like, I wasn't really spoiled, but I had it easy. I had it easy. My dad was a surgeon, you know, and I'm, and I'm aware of that. I'm aware right. that I had it easy and I had such good influences in my life. And I see my other cousins who don't have good influences in their, in their immediate family. And I see other people around me who, who just didn't have that, um, that much of a, of an easy way to kind of level up in life. And I know that. And so that's why I give back on my podcast. I want to interview these amazing people so that if my listeners do not have that support system, do, do not have it easy, they can figure out a way to make it happen. And so my podcast doesn't like make me a whole ton of money. You know what I mean? Like it, it, maybe now it is now it is, but before it didn't, I was doing it out of the goodness of my heart to give back. And and that's really why I started it. Um, and so, um, I can't really remember what your original question was, but in terms of like why I'm so resilient, it's my dad. And in terms of like why, uh, like my passion is, is to really help other people. Like that's why I started my podcast. And it comes out a hundred percent on your podcast. So we'll close with this. What's what's an insight that either you like to share or that you learned through doing the podcast? Because I've been fortunate, lucky, and good, and uh, we all we've invested is our time. And now uh, advertisers are coming to us. Uh, our numbers are through the roof, and uh, we're number three when you look us up online for sports betting. Oh, nice. Uh, number one is Barstool Sports, uh, $408 million investment. Number two is Visa, $403 million investment. They bought their uh, audience. Our audience is 100% organic. Same. And, and we love them when they reach out to us. We're extreme extroverts. So when people reach out and want pics and want hugs and want this and that, we're ecstatic about it. That's, that's, that's how we have gotten paid, but we'll definitely monetize because of uh, the numbers and what I'm looking in the industry. And uh, we can talk about numbers too later on because of your marketing firm. And so, but I've learned so much from the best-selling authors. Uh, you know, Laura Ingram says to LeBron James, shut up and dribble. Well, I got two MB, you know, I got two master's degrees in science, three successful businesses. My wife has a successful psychotherapy practice. So I can go, to motivation. I can go to social justice and I'm proud of my social justice because I have Lauren Johnson Norris who's going to be mayor in Irvine, prominent attorney from the left. I had Dr. Steve Altright wrote 23 books, teaches uh, uh, police departments from the right mm -hmm. and I was able to interview both of them and we're friends, right? We're right down the middle. We're not like Fox to the Red. So we're proud that as a sports podcast, we can chew gum and walk at the same time. But selfishly, with these interviews, this one included, I've learned so much and I've applied it. Life unexamined is not worth living. So in closing, what's been the main thing that kind of shoots to your brain from the beginning of what you have learned uh, doing your podcast and interviewing the likes of Robert Green. And again, congratulations, man. Uh, you're so brilliant, right? If people oh, want to just you. feel brilliance, that uh, podcast interview you did with the guy from the far right from Dilbert and how you set it up 
and boom, you execute it so flawlessly. Thank uh, you. Congratulations on that. So what, what pops out of your mind is the, is the main thing you've learned from the podcast? I would say there's so many lessons. Like you said, I've interviewed so many amazing people and I learn something new each time. Um, but a big theme that I see is the, the ability to be resourceful, you know, right. that ability to, when you have nothing, when you have, when your back is up against the wall, when you failed, when you're down, that is the most powerful time in your life because you have nothing to lose and you have the ability to be creative and resourceful. And I think people really underestimate that they have the excuse that I don't have the money. I don't have the skills. I don't have the talent. I don't have this. I don't have that. And you know what, that, that ability to be creative, make something out of nothing, just take relentless action and be relentlessly resourceful is so powerful. And I think that if people just understood that you can be creative and have the same amount of results as if you were heavily invested and in, like had a heavy investment that you could put towards something. Like with my podcast, it cost no money in the beginning. Right. My LinkedIn following costs no money. It was all creativity, all of it, you know, and that ability to be creative and come up with creative strategies that don't necessarily cost money helps you stand out. And is really a superpower. And I would definitely suggest that if you have excuses in terms of you don't have the finances, you don't have this, you don't have that. Think about how you can be resourceful, how you can be creative in order to achieve your goals. That's what I would suggest. Wow, man. I got a shot of energy. You could also charge $100,000 as a motivational speaker. Man, we got <laughs> on this podcast with a beautiful, intelligent, incredibly intelligent, genius level. Ms. Taha, Ms. Taha from Brooklyn, New York. Thank you so much. I can't thank you enough for being here. Thank on you podcast. so much. Thank you. And if you guys want to check out Young and Profiting, we're on all the podcast channels. You can follow me on Instagram at Yap with Hala. And I'm most active on LinkedIn. Just search for my name. It's Hala Taha. Thanks, all. Yes, we'll have uh, links to all her information on LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, Facebook and 30 other platforms out there. We'll, we'll make sure that this gets everywhere. And we always close with Winston Churchill, who got us through World War II. You make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESDC Podcast Network. That's why this one goes $800 and that goes $200. I don't know what that cost, I'm just shit to work. That's why I work with the juice.